Have you ever walked into a store and felt like, okay, if I had a store, this is exactly what it would look like? That is what happened to me when I walked into Catbird, this beautiful little shop in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. They are known around the world for these beautiful, delicate gold stacking rings that they make. Their collection of jewelry is really simple and delicate, and it's the kind of jewelry that you put on and you never take off. You can go swimming in it, you can wear it to a wedding. And all of the jewelry that they make, these delicate pieces made with recycled gold or fair mined from scale mining communities are really special. They also have this foundation called the Catbird Foundation, which is tied to the ethos of their brand, which is a commitment to making and doing good things. So they donate a percentage of their sales to nonprofit organizations that align with their belief in equality and helping others. They're really committed to serving communities in need all over the world. So whether you go to their store or their gorgeous website, catbirdnyc.com, you're entering a world of beautiful things made by really good people. Whether you're getting a simple birthday present or you're proposing, catbirdnyc.com, informal luxury. Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's a lot of end friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day. Every little thing's gonna be a-okay. Hey everyone, new episodes of Little Known Facts drop every Monday and you can find them on your favorite podcast provider. Also, if you go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com, you'll find behind the scenes photos, videos, and interviews, and lots more on the gallery page. And if you are loving these intimate, candid conversations with all the artists who come on the show, please head over to the contributions page. I depend on these donations to continue to bring you these interviews every week. So if you love the show, please donate. Little known fact about my guests today, they met their first week of college, and now they have an incredibly successful millennial web series called 86th. Welcome, Elisa Kalani and Kazzie David. Everything's okay. Hey, everyone. My guests today are Kazzie David and Elisa Kalani, two real friends who met in college and are the co-creators of the critically acclaimed web series 86th which they co-write and Cassie stars in, ID Magazine wrote, 86th is an uncomfortably hilarious skewering of relationships in the age of social media. Welcome, Cassie and Elisa, to the podcast. 
Thank you Thank for you. having us. Thanks for that quote. It made me feel very, very Yeah, we're good. blushing. You should feel accomplished. <laughs> I don't, but <laughs> well, I'm trying. Tell me a little bit about how you guys met. We lived on the same floor freshman year. We both had singles, so we didn't have roommates. Is that just luck of the draw, or did you request that? You have well, to, most people have to request it. You have to have some crazy excuse. Like, I said that seeing someone else's socks, like, make me have panic attacks or something crazy like that um, to get a single. You know, I'm a germaphobe, and so I, I didn't I didn't want to share and they space with someone. approved that request, as it were. Yes. So how did you guys first meet? I was hanging out in her suite mate's room, and... I mean, when Cassie walked in, everyone, everyone, especially because it's like a TV film school, knew who her dad was. And they're big fans of her, of her father's work and like ultimately yeah, her. And no. um, they... Um, By virtue of the fact that yeah. they shared DNA. Exactly. They're okay. like, oh, David. Well, that makes, it, that makes it easier. Yeah. Well, you made it harder. Yeah. And it, I definitely made school, I think, maybe harder because her move-in was on TMZ. Is that true? There was like a, one, a TMZ. Yeah. Do you not true. want that? It's true. No, it's All right. Yeah, that's fine. Well, that'll get a lot of hits. Anyway, um, so, so Cassie is hanging, Larry David's yeah, daughter in and case was, people don't know what we're talking about. I was hanging out in her sweet mate's room. And when Cassie walked into the room to just like say hi and see what was going on and make friends, the room changed completely. Like the everyone was like, oh, like Miss David's here. And I was like, hi. <laughs> Oh my god! I was just—I looked at her, it's and like I'm like, "Prince Harry is on yeah, the floor." It was ridiculous. And I looked over, and I was like, "Isn't it weird that like your dad's famous, so people are treating you like your dad's famous?" And Cassie seemed to like that. What well, I thought I was going to get in trouble for it. I think it was just that like <laughs> most people I met either like would say something super weird to me about it that I and I had never met them before that they like had already knew and just like asked me some like really weird question. Or they would, like, look so obvious, like, pretend so obviously that they didn't know anything that it also made things awkward, that it was, like, so transparent. Does that make sense? Totally. And is this true in every area of your life, or was it more sort of intensified being in college? Well, in college, because we were TV writing majors, everyone there is like, just been obsessed with film and TV, so... I didn't know that it would be a big deal in any way, but I guess because we actually learned about my dad in classes and like... I hope you got a good grade. I know. I didn't. (laughs) Seinfeld. I I never saw that. Yeah. You probably didn't. Wait, what year did Seinfeld end? I don't know when it ended, but I didn't I didn't watch Seinfeld as a child. I was on Seinfeld oh. in the 90s. I was in the famous episode called The Contest. You were? I was. So, so uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus was out because I introduced her to John Kennedy Jr. I was an aerobics instructor. Oh, you were the aerobics, oh, the aerobics yes. instructor. I remember, and this yes. is a hilarious story about your dad, which is... I knew him from working on that show. But years later, I auditioned for Curb when they were just doing this latest round of it. And he kept looking. He's like, you look so familiar. And I'm like, actually, I was at your niece Julie's wedding. And and we met there. And then I was like, but maybe it's even, I mean, you did 8 million of them. But I was on Seinfeld years ago. He's like, which one? And Larry Charles was in the room, too. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I thought I recognized you. I was like, I was the aerobics instructor in the contest. And they were like, oh, my God, that was such a great episode. And 
oh yeah, of course. And they were very yeah. sweet to try to act like they remembered. It's but like then, the best episode you could have gotten on. ever. Yeah, exactly. Coincidentally, like two days before, I bumped into this guy who was like, oh, we're doing this Seinfeld package criterion sort of thing where they talk about the episodes. And he's like, and apparently there was an, a scene that you had done that wasn't in the final episode because we went over in time, but it's going to be on this like special oh, event thing. I was great. like, oh, that's so great. So I told that to your dad and he was like, he said it was because we went over. And I was like, yeah. He's like, no, no, no. If it wasn't in it, it's because like it wasn't good. <laughs> It's so unnecessary. It's like, okay, well, I like the story where we went over, but I totally understand that it just wasn't the best scene. And he's like, no, it could have been like the waitress poured weird. I was like, no, no, that's okay. That's all right. But anyway, that's That's my little, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. It it was too long, the episode. That's great that you were on the contest. And here we are, which is kind of a perfect segue to, we're going to fast forward a little bit. You became friends because you were super chill or actually said, isn't it weird that everyone's acting weird? Yeah. Yeah. That you were like, okay, this girl, she's a keeper. Yeah. She's less weird, maybe. Yeah. Just as weird. Weird. Like, we're all weird. So there was like... (laughs) Yeah. I think it was just something with like people who pretended not to know also would actually try to make... Like, wouldn't want my ego to get big. So they wouldn't like... They'd pretend like they had no idea. She was like, wow, everyone's obsessed with your dad here. And it was like, oh, you don't, like, think that I'm going to, like, get a big ego from, like, you telling me that, which I wouldn't. But it was, like, nice for someone to be, like, super honest and, like, not think, you know, it would have, like, an effect on me. Where I would think I'm, like, super cool because you said that, which I wouldn't. Honest friendship from the start. I think that's just our advice for college freshmen. Be honest with each other. No matter who (laughs) anybody's parent is. I mean, he's not, like... Brad Pitt. So, you know, it was just like an interesting experience for it to seem like he was. He would want me to um, assure people that I know he's not like the King of England. Which is Brad Pitt. So I want to move forward because obviously something you take on when you are the child of someone in a certain field is a certain level of attention that you're going to get once you approach material or writing something within the same field, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, are a famous author and your child writes a book, everyone's going to look at it in a certain way. And, and your father created a series where he was observing life and then the voice and face of this personality, right? Mm-hmm. So you guys decided to write this thing. And was it always going to be Cassie? And were you scared to do that? We just kind of assumed Cassie would do it. We There was no discussion, really. It was like we wrote it, and if Cassie ever, like, were to act, we knew it would be, have to be something we wrote so that she'd feel comfortable doing it. We didn't really, like, even know anyone really to ask. The other actors are people we know. We didn't hold auditions. We didn't. It wasn't on backstage. There was none of that. So it was... I know, because I didn't get to read for any of those parts, <laughs> exactly. and it would have been amazing. I mean, had we known you'd been in the contest, we would have reached out first. I know. It's a little <laughs> upsetting, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it's something I've always wanted to do. And so, you know, I was kind of in a rush to to get going and, and start making my own material. And it was kind of just like a non-decision, like, let's let's do it. We but- didn't really talk about it. Did you start working on it at school or after school? After school. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like a thesis project that you no. guys were working on that it was born out of? No, although it seems very school projecty. Did you write the whole series at once or did you write it as you were going? 
we wrote the first three and then the fifth one we wrote as the fourth with those the fifth the hike one Mm -hmm, we had mm -hmm. written with the first three as the fourth episode and then after we filmed the first three I actually thought of um the idea for the fourth which is the drone idea I didn't want to put out the first three and have it be left on the vagina material Mm -hmm. because I didn't want you know I kind of wanted some another one to close the package so it wouldn't feel like that crazy being left on that one yeah but everyone was done working after the first three so we kind of scrambled together a group of like very random people we didn't know off like facebook to just film the fourth one really quick so we could release it with the other three so who directed the episodes we basically directed all of them together the first three we had one of our friends from college direct because we wanted him to be involved but i would say there was no no episode that neither of us didn't give direction in. Yeah, we definitely have our hands in all of them. But in terms of credit, the drone one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. but like when we submit for Emmys. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be yeah that's my episode. So what was the hope in making this, aside from an opportunity for you to start writing comedy and performing it? Most people say to get started in the industry, you know, you need to either someone like kind of needs to take a chance on you or you need to have like need, make something to like kind of prove your your worth. And I think we genuinely just wanted to have material that we could show in order to maybe get something else like later on, you know, because just handing people like written work isn't always convincing enough, I guess, that you're funny or can can write. Yeah, I feel like a huge, I don't know how long this has been going on, but like currently a huge trend in Hollywood to get a show made is to like film the first five minutes of your pilot and just show it because it's hard for people to like read and just really know what you're seeing a part of it I think is because like people are getting so much more freedom to do what they want so it's kind of hard to write it out because they have this crazy vision in their head right not that we had this like crazy vision of it's just like a shot of a girl in a bedroom but it does help with tone and like getting your point across to like have a completed piece of work. Tell us a little bit about the show, specifically for someone who hasn't seen it yet. It's about a girl who was just broken up with, and it's basically the next... It's her dealing with the breakup in the following weeks. Basically, she gets advice in the first episode from her friends because all she wants is like for this guy to um, come crawling back. And just because most like when you're dumped, sometimes like it's less of a broken heart issue and more of a broken ego. So it's basically her trying to heal her her broken ego by going through social media and through her friend social circle, just trying to um, seem okay and like she's doing super well. That she's get, winning. That she's, she's winning, winning the breakup. Yeah, to get this guy to think she's doing good and and want to come back to her. When we're inauthentic in our lives, it yes. often has a terrible payoff right. of some kind. Coming back to being honest. Yeah. The theme of the, it, the, it's the hope, yeah. right? <laughs> With great humiliation. Yeah. I don't want to give too much away. Each episode is like between four and eight minutes. So the whole series can be watched in about an hour. Was there ever a thought that the X would appear in the series? No. No. Do you Mm -hmm. not put your own ex in there? Yeah. I don't have any. I don't have a single ex. The goal is actually to, like, enter your own, you know, relationship kind of in um, her past in a way. Yeah, and it's also because it's not about the relationship. Like, it's about about her, you know? It's about, like, 
it's not the broken heart, it's the broken ego. So it's we don't want to, like, we didn't want too much of him. What do you guys think you're saying about friendship based on the two actors who play your friends hilariously? Um, the three of you are just magnificent to watch. Mm-hmm. What do you think about those friends? I think what we were trying to portray with their their friendships was how younger relationships and friendships are forming where it's basically like your best friend is someone you just like sit next to on your phone with Mm -hmm. or like how you guys communicate about social media like what you guys agree upon like agree yeah i think according to social media something i noticed in college too was just people finding someone else's instagram and seeing they had similar taste and like what they would post or where they would hang out and they were like, we should be friends. Like, we should go and take inst. Like, we can go and be in the same dinner Instagram. It's just a weird thing. And I think we were, like, the oldest people because we're on that, like, millennial Gen Z border. Exactly. I guess what I, like, was trying to say is just that their relationship is based on, like, you know, they're a good friend if they take a photo of you that you want and don't, like, make a face about it. Their whole friendship's like her trying to basically get them to understand like where she's coming from in terms of how she's curating her online identity. It's basically their little insight into their relationships that are it's pretty much based on how they use social media. And I also, guess that's how they like, you know, treat each other based on like what they're all trying to do with the time. Does and that I make think, sense? Yeah. And I think most of the shots where they're not just sitting on their phone in the same room, they're usually like ganging up on one of them yeah which is another thing about friendship we kind of think is hilarious how if there's a group of three or four people it's so playful but you do tend to gang up on one it's just there's always one you're annoyed with yeah and it switches not in a like a playground evil way but in a you're the topic of conversation right now We did that a lot where there would be one person who was being a little bit annoying and then the other two would agree together. There was never like three different opinions. Mm -hmm. There was only like two opinions in a group of three. Was there any improv that went on in filming or was it pretty heavily scripted? You know, we would try to scramble to like memorize your lines together an hour before filming. And so some improv came just from not, I guess, knowing your lines, which is why I kind of like scripted a little bit more is just because every sentence takes you to the next line and without like perfectly the perfect segues without the perfect sentence you can't really actually get to where you need to go in the story and there will be like loopholes and you miss that with with improv sometimes you can't get everything you need to get in order to get to the like the rest of the story now was Larry David at all around, or did he look at anything? Well, he was around in that we filmed in my house, mm-hmm. and I would, like, sneak everyone upstairs to my room, and I was so embarrassed for him to see us. I just, like, was, like, stay in your room. On this set, I was every position from, like, PA to executive producer because I was the only extra body, and on sometimes I was a little bit on Larry duty. Why? So we didn't want it to be, like, Larry David's daughter's web series I purposely didn't show him any of it until it was picture locked. So there was like nothing I could do even if he did give me a note, which kind of just screwed me over in the end because he would still give me the notes and then I'd be left being <laughs> like, locked. okay, I there's can't. nothing I can do about it, but that's a really good idea. And I wish I did come to you before that. I still just kept showing him after it was picture locked because I genuinely wanted to like 
Because think yours. of everything I could possibly yeah. think of on my own, and if I like forgot something that like he would have told me, like then whatever. I love your show so much. I've said it a million times, but I did think about how it's really hard to be a complete grown up, and I was remembering my own life doing certain plays where something sexy happened and just going, oh, my God, I am in my 20s and I'm still a little mortified that my parents are going to see this. Right. Right. And I was thinking when I was watching, it'll be like what the contest was for Seinfeld. The vagina episode yeah. will be for 86. And I thought I just wanted to ask, like, as a grown up person, did you have any weird feelings about showing your parents something where you describe your Ex-boyfriend's, new girlfriend's, vagina's size. Yeah, so I showed my mom first the first three episodes. And I was, like, not thinking about how awkward it would be to show her them until it got to the conversation in the third episode. And I was starting to feel like, oh, this is a little uncomfortable. And she was horrified. She absolutely hated it. And she, like, kind of begged me not to um, show the third one. And then I showed my dad... Which I thought, you know, he he does stuff like that all the time. And I have to sit through it and watch it. So, like, why shouldn't he have to deal with the same thing for me? And he watched it and, like, was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he just, like, didn't understand it because he's a, he's a man. Which That's I guess adorable. Is, like, which I guess is funny, too, that, like, I got to, like, make this point that, like, some people, I guess, um, wouldn't know about vaginas. It's like a PSA <laughs> if you really yes, think about it. it. Is. I think that it touches so many messages about what's going on in our social media society. And I think there's no secret that that's in some ways what you're putting up and sort of spoofing. It's definitely a parody. I mean, the thing is, is that like people will ask if we're satirizing social media culture, which we are, except for it's so realistic that it's almost... It's almost not a parody because it's just yeah, so real. Yeah, it's almost real. a drama. <laughs> yeah, it's just real life that we are making fun of, like, what is real. But the exaggerations are not crazy huge. They're pretty accurate to what I see in, in young girls. And, so like, where do you think we're Instagrams. heading? All I can say is that it's probably only going to get more... More virtual. Yeah. Like, everything seems to be getting more virtual. They're also making social media more and more interactive in a way. Like with 360 videos, like people really, really working on entire virtual reality, bitmoji situations, everything's in 3D, everything's going to be like accessible to you from your bedroom. I can only see it getting worse. Yeah, as of now, I mean, there's no reason for... I'm on my phone all the time. It's so maddening. I, I don't know how... I can only imagine just like wanting to be on it more over time, which is sad to think about. But it hasn't kept you guys from having deep, loving, connected relationships. Yes. Yes. I guess so. I'm on my phone, like, throughout those relationships. <laughs> and also, we are, like I said before, we're on that border of two different generations. And Wait, how old are you guys? We're 23. And younger people are definitely, they grew up only knowing social media and internet at the speed it is now. And they really, really know how to use technology. They're so at one with it. And so for them, it's going to be even more addicting because they can't be without it at all. Well, it must be incredibly satisfying to have done this thing that is just beautifully received. I think it's really funny. I think it's really poignant. I think that you guys have a really great 
partnership in terms of how you create stuff? Do you want to write more stuff together? Did it become what you wanted it to be, which was a calling card for future projects? Yeah, I mean, we were so pleased with the like with the reception. We had no idea. I was only planning on like posting it to my Instagram and thinking no one was going to see it. Which still, it's, it really doesn't have that many views considering, like, that how much press it did get in the beginning. It is very small. How many people have watched it? It's really different for each episode. But the last two, which were my favorites, got the least amount because naturally it's, like, not a news story. Plus, it's exhausting. I mean, you have to watch 40 yes. minutes in a row. <laughs> how did these um, young people do it? I know. All that ma- all that matters to us is just that if people like them, even like a few people. So I think it did its job and more. It was a lot of work for such a small product. So that's why it's kind of hard to continue the web series specifically. You know, it's our first thing. I think it's a good, it's a good, you know, it's jumping off point. Yeah. I think whatever we choose to write in the future, like no matter how different it is from the web series, it's a, it's a good reference just to see the humor. What to expect. So now that you're on the other side of it, like you took the jump. Yeah. How do you feel? You know, what's so weird about doing it is that it's one of those things where if you don't do it, it doesn't get done. And like, we just decided to go for it and do it. And now like it's done and I did it. If you want to do something, you just kind of have to make it happen for yourself and with the few resources you have and and just do it. And then you did it and it's done. And I think that was like the most rewarding part for me is just I felt like we actually made it. Have you guys seen Ikea Heights, the soap opera that somebody shot in an Ikea? It's pretty hilarious. They just use every room at Ikea as a set. That's so funny. And you do see like customers in the oh, back of this. this. I think I've but heard of it, but I have idea, not seen it. Like you have an iPhone and actually they didn't even have to scout locations. Yeah, it was, was kind of a very that inspiring idea. It's super like, cheap. We, I wish we did that. <laughs> was so, a lot. Yeah, I think what was so weird for me in the beginning is that I, I'm like super, a super competitive, jealous person. I was like, we have to make this. And then there's in the back of my mind, I hope everyone else doesn't do this or like doesn't make something because it's such a good idea to just make something and then have it for yourself. And then by the time we were done, I was like, everyone should try to do this because it's actually so hard. Like, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Like, good luck actually making something and like everyone should try because it's it is difficult. And I thought like before I was like being so sneaky. I don't know. I feel like it really speaks to me. I had a really confusing thing when I watched it because I was like, how old am I? It's a very strange thing as you get older and, you know, I have a family and a husband and I'm, I haven't been 23 for a really long time. And yet I'll watch these things and think, wow, I still feel like that. I feel as much like Remy as I do myself as this grown up person living a very grown up life. It was really interesting. I go through that a lot. I really didn't think anyone was going to be able to understand it if they weren't a young girl. And like the fact that we've had like guys even think it's funny is like a huge obvious what's it the word a huge accomplishment Um, accomplishment but (laughs) i also think i mean it's great i want to resonate with as many people as possible but i think it's also bad news to know that i'm going to be feeling this way forever no but the thing (laughs) is you know my daughter is 14 Mm -hmm. and she writes these songs and i'll be listening to them and i'm like that song is the most devastating breakup song I have ever heard. Like it could be yeah. a country western song mm-hmm. or it could be like 
Lady Gaga. Like, it is devastating. Mm -hmm. And it was about, like, a fight she had with her really good friend. But the feeling of, like, your friend and you having this split for a moment when you're 12 years old. Totally. You literally feel like your heart and body have split in half. It tears up. Right? Like, it tears you up. So this idea of, like, someone being out there that you don't get to see when you want to anymore and have no idea after you knew where they were every single day, Mm -hmm. as in the ex on 86th, that suddenly you don't get to decide when you see them and you don't get to know anything about them. And they're They're ghosting, right? They're removed. That's a universal feeling. To lose control Mm -hmm. and to not be able to decide anything for yourself with that person. It's very easy to get fixated on it. And when you said the idea of feeling competitive or jealous, those feelings are true when you're starting out and embarking upon a career at 23 or no matter what you do. It's yeah, like it's not a quality I'm proud of. but I, No, I'm but it's a quality that you're it. honest about. And I think it's a really honest thing. And it drove you. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are lots of things that drive us. Sometimes they're pure and beautiful. And like, I want to express myself artistically. And sometimes like, I want to kill people. Yeah. <laughs> no, like we, I want to be like in there, like competing with, with other shows, which I think is, I guess, going to make us just get work done, essentially, like in the end. I did Fam Olympics over the summer. Pete and Cassie yeah. were competitors in this very intimate family Olympics that we did. <laughs> My husband hilarious. and I and some other people. And I can vouch for the fact that they're very competitive people. Um, my whole family is so competitive. It's, it's like actually my favorite qualities about her. <laughs> That's sweet. That's so sweet. Oh, you guys. Well, I'm really glad that you came in today. And I can't wait to see what you guys come up with next. Oh, thank you. It's the same. Thrill. All right. Well, I'll be watching. If you want more information about my guests, go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com. I also wanted to tell you that there is now a new addition to the website. It is a button that says Contributions. This podcast is a true labor of love, and I really, really want to keep doing it for a long time. So if you like listening as much as I love to do it, please feel free to contribute. It would mean the world to me. Also, on Twitter, you can find me at Alana Levine. Instagram is Little Known Facts Podcast, and on Facebook, Little Known Facts Podcast. You can also feel free to rate and review the show on the iTunes show page. This podcast is recorded at Hangar Studios in New York City. This episode was brought to you by Pro Media. Located in Times Square, Pro Media offers both production and post production services out of its beautiful studios in the heart of New York City. Pro Media Sound Vision. Find out more at promedia.nyc. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.